0: Welcome back to another episode of Project Freelance, your podcast for everything freelance related, whether you are a filmmaker, a photographer, a musician, an entrepreneur of any kind that is trying to take the steps to become the best freelance creator that you can be. This is the podcast for you. My name is Kay Anagonio and I am your host, every single monday morning at 7 a.m pacific standard time i am coming to you from sunny southern california los angeles of all places the place where i wanted to come because this is where everyone else came to make it so i figured why not go to the place and be surrounded by people who have made it that's uh that's how i'm gonna make it that's how we're doing it Do me a favor and follow Project Freelance on Twitter and Instagram at Project Freelance. Or you can go to our public Facebook group, which is down below in the description, where where I post things every week, asking you guys how you're doing, trying to keep up with you on what you're doing, keep you motivated throughout the week. So follow those if you guys want some motivational tips and tricks into how to become a better freelancer. Otherwise, you can go to justtheletterk.com or youtube.com slash just the letter K, and you can see more stuff about myself and what I'm up to in the world. This week on the podcast, we are speaking with Michael and Nicole from Michael's Moments and Vivid Dreams Productions. These guys are a duo that work in Illinois in the Chicago, the greater Chicago area, if you will, and they shoot weddings. They shoot about 20 to 30 weddings per year every single summer. They make 90% of their income in the summer months by shooting weddings. And the rest of the year, they run this production company and they do more commercial things for conferences, conventions, live music events, things like that. So I wanted to have them on to talk about, A, how they make their money, where they got started, how they got started, what what made them want to get into specifically like wedding photography and wedding videos, and where they see the market going, and how they've found their jobs online and offline. If you would like to support Project Freelance, please head to patreon.com slash just the letter K. Over on patreon.com slash just the letter K, you can donate a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, or a month if you really want to, and that money goes to helping me create more original content just like this podcast, my YouTube, my music under the band Chasing Satellites. That money goes to help me continue to create content to bring it to your faces, to creators just like you, to help inspire you, and also I'm currently working on a not only a photography book, but I am also working on making a photography and video course for you guys. So if you invest money to Patreon, those are the kinds of things you guys are investing in, things that will help you grow as creators. Without further ado, this is Michael and Nicole from Michael's Moments and Vivid Dreams Productions. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves and how you got started.
1: I'm Michael Gonzalez. Uh, I own Michael's Moments. It's a wedding, how you say, boutique here in Chicago, Illinois. Um, We're based in Romeoville. I started doing weddings when I stopped being a lighting guy for NRG Dance Project. Um, And I started shooting weddings on Craigslist and then I moved my way up into a more boutique wedding situation
0: you started in lighting. What did you, were you just a like gaffer or what kind of lighting was the company?
1: Well, uh, we were a light. Well, I was a lighting guy for NRG dance project. So basically my, my big job was to basically how you say program the lights and then put them on the scaffolding and unload the truck and reload the truck at every single stop we went. So we went to like 15 different cities. We would unload a semi-truck full of rigging, lighting, everything, staging, you name it. And then me and four other guys, we'd put it all together. Then I would obviously run the lights, make sure they work, program them, and then do the rest of the show and then basically take it all apart and then put it back in a truck and then leave on a Monday night.
0: Wow. And what made you want to get into weddings? Why did you want to get out of lighting and, and go into something like that?
1: Well, to be honest with you, it was kind of one of those things where when I left high school, I always wanted to be a sound guy. And because, you know, as as millennials, I didn't feel like I wanted to go to college to figure out if this is what I wanted to do. I said, you know, let me go try this out for a little bit and see if that's what I really wanted to do. Um, I did it for two summers and it was the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I hated every single moment of it. And I want every single person who ever wants to do lighting and sound to just go and try it once. And then they'll just know how bad of an experience it is. Like, it is so bad. Like, I wouldn't even wait, like, want it on my worst enemy. It's that bad. So when I got out, I had one paycheck left and I was sitting at the bar next to the photographer that I've seen every day for the past nine months. And I was like, what do you do? And he said, oh, I take pictures. And I found out what he got paid. And I realized for 15 months, I was basically not making anything and I was doing the hardest work. And then when I came home, I bought a cheap camera actually off a friend for like 300 bucks and I made a cheap Craigslist ad for $25 an hour. I never knew what wedding photography was. He just said, oh, just start doing that and you'll make tons of money. And I butchered three or four people's weddings and I just learned literally from the skin of my teeth. And then I, as I got better, I fell in love with the craft.
0: So when you say just because I always love talking about, you know, the mishaps that happen when it comes to freelancing, can we talk about some of those weddings that you butchered and and what do you mean by that? Like what like the photography wasn't good or didn't come out how they wanted or like what do you mean when you say you butchered someone's wedding?
1: Um so my first wedding, I shot most of it at 40th of a second at like <laughs> yeah, at like like 2000 ISO with a flash. I had to like go get batteries at a CVS because I didn't even know the flash had batteries you need to put in there. It didn't dawn on me that in order to make light, I needed power. Um, but <laughs> that's, that's where we started. And luckily, one of the uncles, quote unquote, new photography at this guy's wedding, they hired me for three hours. I literally spent all three hours sitting in a chair because the client was two hours late to their own wedding. So I had 40 minutes to take these 12 or 20 pictures that I got paid $75 to drive an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back. And it was the best experience because not only did I learn A, what I didn't want to do, but B, I learned that this is not as hard as people say it is. I just had to figure out how the numbers work. Um, The next wedding was a week after that, ironically. And they hired me because I was the cheapest guy they could find. Um, And they actually never paid me because I didn't know anything about taking deposits because that that wasn't a thing. When I first started working at like FedEx or or like at my regular jobs, I just thought, you know, you just got paid when you were done with the job. And uh, I spent 16 hours with them. I drove in the middle of a snowstorm in Chicago and she handed me a check. I went to the bank the next day to find out that she closed the account. And I never got paid, nor did I ever give her the photos. But then I realized that she didn't want the photos to begin with because she knew exactly who I was, that I wasn't that good. And to be frank, with you, she probably shouldn't have paid me. But at, at the end of the day, I learned very valuable lessons, those first two ones. And by wedding number three, I figured it out. That's it.
0: That's awesome. Um, for people that are listening to this that are just starting out as freelancers, that are starting out as you know photographers, what is some advice you could give them on how to get their foot in the door? Like, for example, you went with Craigslist. What are some other some other ways people could get in the door when it comes to photography?
1: Normally, I would push them to like thumbtack or like what me and Nicole do is we use wedding wire and the knot those are very expensive to kind of get onto. But once you've kind of grown some kind of, how you say like presence, you can get on there. But in terms of where you want to start, I actually recommend Craigslist to everybody because even now to this day, like our apprentice who we're teaching, we actually set up her wedding website and she charges people 50 bucks an hour. She goes on Craigslist, spends $5 a month promoting it. And yeah, she has to kind of rummage through the muck, but it's given it's given her a lot of experience. Um, the other way I would get to kind of start is I would go and talk to a studio. Most places have studios. Um, I, I maybe I should explain. A studio is a wedding corporation that is usually in an area. Like for example, we have Yvonne or Jolie or what me and Nicole we shoot for Essence and. Basically, they can get you second photographer positions for like maybe 200 bucks, and you shoot for the whole day. You get to learn from somebody who already has experience shooting, and it's a much quicker way into getting into the wedding photography game. I don't, it doesn't really help anywhere else, but definitely, if you want to get into weddings, those are the two big places work for a studio as a second photographer. Or jump on Craigslist; it still works.
0: That's awesome. Have you done any like Instagram marketing or Facebook marketing or anything like that?
1: Nope. Um, we have found that to be, to be frank with you, the people who spend the most money with us usually tend to go with the like the more traditional routes of finding photography, which is like going to Wedding Wire or the Knot. Um, and if you want to go that route and make more money. Um, a wedding photographer on the knot or wedding wires between twenty-two or four thousand dollars, and that's a pretty medium price for one person for one day. Um, if you want something where you want to like more hit younger people like millennials, definitely Instagram is the way to go. But you also need good photos and consistent photos to make that work. Whereas with me and Nicole, I have a full-time job. And it's kind of hard for us to kind of keep our Instagram together. So that's why we choose the more traditional route.
0: For sure. What are your uh, full-time jobs, if you don't mind me asking? I'm always curious to hear freelancers that have a business and they also uh, manage to also have like a full-time job.
1: You're going to laugh at this one, but (laughs) you would never guess what I do. It has nothing to do with pictures or anything like that. (laughs) I work as a high school janitor. Really? Yeah, people look at me every day and they're like, oh man, I want to be a YouTuber or whatever. And a little do they know, the person who probably owns all the equipment they need and can probably teach them how to do it is cleaning up their, their toilet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's really funny. I have a group of like two or three kids who really know who, what I do. And I've taught them how to stop working at White Castle and to start working for themselves. But I don't promote it. I want kids to want to come to learn to me. And I'll teach them everything I know. But I feel like if I give it to them, they just kind of would just throw it in the trash. Yeah, it kind of just
0: goes in one ear and out the other ear. Like every other adult trying to tell them how to like, live their lives.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I think that's awesome that you, you full-time, you do janitorial work and you also do this. And you also have a production company. So let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the production company and how it's different to a wedding.
1: Um, so with our production company, it does, there's two different ways we kind of deal with the customers and obviously with weddings, you kind of have to meet with them and do that. Whereas the production company is more of someone comes with us with an idea and what they want to do. Um, and then we basically execute it. So like if someone, for example, we're going to be doing a hearing aid company pretty soon. Um, and they tell us, OK, this is X, Y, Z we're trying to accomplish. And we basically translate that to what we, A, want to get done and B, what their specific needs are. Because sometimes, you know, as, as a photographer or videographer, what the client thinks they want is usually what the thing they don't want to do. Um, and that's because they, they don't understand what it's like to film or to take pictures or do any of that kind of stuff. And it either takes a lot of time to make the videos that they want, and it just doesn't work in their budget, you know, like a little bit unrealistic because they always see it on Instagram or Facebook. And we just try to make sure that they're like understanding this is what it's going to take. Um, and then other than that, the uh, the other thing that they usually have a problem with is um, is that there's so many people already doing photo and video that they kind of saturate the market in terms of trying to get like promotions and things like that done um like in our experience we don't do like small businesses because it doesn't really pan out for us because they can always find someone for cheaper or for free
0: yeah i totally understand that and i've talked about that plenty on this on this podcast but for some people that are starting just starting out um, sometimes working for free is your way in, so talk a little bit about that, like interning or doing things like that. Have you ever because right now you said you have an intern, so what's the importance of having interns and interning?
1: Well, uh, our intern we pay them because we do feel like they're they're do, they're providing us a job and a service, and they are learning, but I you know I just feel bad that if they spend so much time with me to learn. I want them to feel like they they feel like uh, how you say like an equal like they're a person rather than just a you know a body that just shows up and edits photos. Um, but when when you are trying to do things for free, the best way to do things for free are probably people who already believe us. Like a lot of our clients that we have commercially started off with weddings who had like either a business or something to that kind of nature where like when we do like, we did like a construction video or a video on a guy who does like a construction company. We did his wedding and then we talked to him about other needs. Um, and then other things that we've done was like corporate events where we would go and we'd take pictures for like a uh, STEM research programs for kids. That's a big one for us. We'd go to uh, basically places where they, bring high school kids and they teach them about math science and other STEM programs and they hire us as photographers and those places have businesses where they do things like jet propulsion where they do things like um aromatics where you're kind of always on the field and they need videos and photos to kind of show to their clients So if my biggest, actually, my biggest thing, if they can, is to find somebody in the corporate realm where you could go and take pictures for them because there's tons of businesses literally in one section sitting there trying to do one thing. And that's a goldmine. You don't have to go to 15 buildings. You go to one and you work a room. Pretty much what we do.
0: That's awesome. Have you found that there's a certain type of industry that, offers better pay when it comes to like actual paid work like the medical field or like is there a specific field that you've found that pays as well or better than weddings
1: um well in my experience it's usually the newest technology like the uh the hearing aid company they're paying us pretty well I can't really disclose what that is but um they pay, they're pay. they paying us pretty well, but it's because it's newer technology. They're, they're hearing aids that, how you say, are connected to your phone. So they kind of work similar to Bluetooth headphones, but for hearing impaired people. And they're very expensive. They're like sixteen to $2,000 for a pair of he- hearing aids. Um, and they understand that the people who are going to appreciate them are the millennials who are already needing hearing aids, you know, for whatever ailment they have and the way to reach those people are with Instagram and things like that. Traditional medical stuff is not going to be that good because the, the nature of how medical is, is you just go to a hospital, you do whatever. Um, But another big one is, is honestly, surprisingly dentists. Dentists are some big clients of ours because they compete very heavily for just a small amount of business if there's, I, I know it sounds really kind of dumb, but if there's 15 dentists, 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 well, how does that work? Um, and <laughs> <laughs> dentists, I know, I know, it just sounds weird saying it. Um, if there's thir- 15 or 20 dentists in the area, they are all competing for the same insurance benefits for the entire town. And it could mean having one Instagram video Bringing up their revenue by 20, 30 or forty percent if they know how to market it well, and that's that's one big thing that we do as dentists.
0: So do you do you go in and do you pitch to the dentists? How does that work? How do you like get in touch with these guys?
1: Well, part of it is a bit of schmoozing, you know, like every business. Um, but the other part is you you show them the numbers. We we do we try to facilitate all the parts of somebody's like social media if someone wants to do pictures with us it's not just the pictures of the video if that was the way it would work then it would be hard to get them to do it but if you facilitate it like for example run their social media for them and kind of use like hootsuite to kind of stagger posts and build videos and do that or make training videos for them then you could go to the next dentist and say, hey, these guys are kind of beating you on this level. We know the guys who do it. We could kind of work with them. And then you kind of you start building a repertoire of dentists, essentially. That's what we've done. We have three or four dentist people who we kind of work with and do pictures and, and do all that. And that's really what's worked out for us is that we can just show them the numbers that it works. You know, there's nothing better than hard, cold numbers.
0: What inspired you or how did you come up with the idea to reach out to people that are local to you like that, like dentists and and other people that are uh, in your area?
1: Well, uh, funny enough, he was actually a Craigslist person. He was needing headshots for him and his wife. And then um, we went over there and we talked to him about um, what we do. And his wife said, oh, we're paying a social media marketing person but they're not really doing anything. They just gave us an app to fill in, which we could have done ourselves. And that's kind of how that door balled and opened up to other things. But if I was in a position before, you know, if you're going to a dentist office already, you know, the best thing to do is to talk to them and say, hey, oh, I've been a longtime customer. Um, I'd love to take some pictures for you for free and then kind of just up play that game uh, then if I were you, I would go and show other dentists and kind of move that along. There are a lot of dentist conventions that happen every year, four or five times a year in every single major city. So like for us, we have like six in New York and Los Angeles there's like 20 or 30. So if you could just find a way to get there, you, you essentially have tons and tons of people you could pitch to at one time. You don't have to go to 50 different places.
0: Yeah, talk a little bit more about conventions and the importance of going to those and networking at conventions for, for as a photographer and even for you, like with your wedding stuff. Like, talk about how important it is to network and and uh, what are some other conventions you've been to that you've networked at?
1: Well, um, one of the one of the conventions that worked out really well for us, we have an MBA with them, so we can't really talk exactly what that convention is, but it's it was a uh, it was a diverse convention. I can say it that way. And then hopefully someone could Google out what that means. Um, and, but, um, when we went there, we came there with an idea that we were going to sign 10 people to do portraits. And that's how we opened that door and said, Hey, your headshots look terrible. Like come out with us, 250, 300 bucks. You'll go with us to the city. You'll take you know, an hour or two hours worth of pictures, and we'll give you the best headshots you can take. And then what Nicole does is she finds interesting and exotic locations that people really don't go to to take the pictures. And then that's kind of what our niche is, is that Nicole finds the nice places that nobody else can take, and then I go and I sign the contracts with those clients. Now, if you want to get into that realm, that's a really big moneymaker because people aren't paying with their wallets. They're paying with somebody else's wallet. And you're not trying to convince them, oh, do I have to spend $300 of my money? I have to find a way. Basically, you're trying to convince them that this $300 is coming out of their business and is going to reinvest themselves you know, and make more money later. Um, and a good way to pitch that, is saying, you know, you're as good as your first impression. If you send someone your website and it's a picture from 2012 with your cat, no one's gonna wanna work with you. You want to have the best quality photos because you want people to think you're the best person for the job. And that's what I explain to everybody and they say, well, you're right, I definitely need that. And I said, if you have any pictures on your website, Anything, they should be taken by a professional because if you're charging two, three thousand, six thousand, ten thousand for someone to get your service, you want to seem like they're ten, two, five, six, twenty thousand dollars worth what they're trying to pay you. So I, I basically explain it like it's a necessity that if you don't have the photos, you're, you're losing business. And once they make the correlation, they sign right away. That's it.
0: Wow! And for Nicole, what is uh, how do you find these places? Like, where are you are you like on Instagram, Google? Are you like location scouting? Like, how are you finding these locations that you use?
2: Um, I actually just Google places. Like, uh, there's exotic uh museums that travel around the nation. Like, uh, I've taken people or clients to uh, like pop art museums I'll take them to uh uh like historical sites and uh like gardens and just very like where people don't expect
0: I think that's awesome that's a great way to uh branch out and not use the same like cliche backgrounds for everything I uh I super respect that that's sick thank you
2: and I'll definitely take you to some yes (laughs) so stoked So
0: stoked. Um, so as far as uh, Nicole, you're talking a little bit more about your role in the, in the business.
2: Um, I actually do more of the production company than the wedding company. Uh, I'll help Michael, but mostly I like doing commercial advertisements, uh, concerts. Like I like that fun, you know, creative side because I am an artist.
0: So, uh, how did like how did you get involved with Michael?
2: Uh, we actually met in college, and uh, he was in my photo class. Uh, <laughs> Michael, you tell the story.
1: So when I met Nicole, I just I wanted to I, I wanted to talk to her so bad that I spent all three hours of class talking with her. I don't I don't even remember what we talk, what the class was about. Now, I was a photography class. But anyway, I didn't learn nothing in that class. All I learned Mm -hmm. was this is a hot girl that sat next to me. (laughs) And it it was so bad that I wanted to talk to her so bad that I forgot my number. I put the wrong number in her cell phone to call me. (laughs) I was talking to people all week. Like, man, I'm with this real nice girl, blah, blah, blah. And then by Sunday, I was like, man, she ain't hitting me up. This is going to be really awkward. I'm going to show up to class on Monday. And lo and behold, I realized I gave her the wrong number like 10 minutes before I showed up to class.
0: Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) But hey, it seems like everything worked out for the better, right? Yeah, it it did. did. (laughs) (laughs) So talk a little bit about, since we're talking about college, uh, education. Do you guys think that it's important for people to continue to go to college and and get themselves in debt to, like, earn an education and then maybe do something with that education or do something completely different. Um, What are your thoughts about the education system and if people that have a passion, what they should do?
1: Do you want to put your side of the story or do you want me to put my side of the story?
2: Uh, I say both. But uh, for college, I actually have been struggling a lot to figure out on where to go. And uh, there's a really good school in Chicago called uh, Columbia. Have you heard of it? Okay. Well, I don't think it's worth it and um, to go to, like, a portfolio school for, like, graphic design or an art director. And uh, there's one that I was actually looking at in uh, Atlanta, Georgia uh, called The Creative Circus. And I met a art director who went there, and now she's making, like, a shit ton of money. Like, she paid off her debt already. And uh, she had the choice to go to, like, Germany, New York, stay in Illinois, go to California, whatever she wanted to do. And uh, she actually uh, told me about to go to Talent House. And, um, we did a contest for McDonald's and we won and now it's nationally, like on their website.
1: You, you really trans, trans, I know, you really I know. did a bad job of talking about this. Wait,
2: are you talking
0: about the talent house McDonald's portrait thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It? Did you do it? I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did
1: you get, did you get selected?
0: Uh, I don't even, I don't think so, but I mean, it was like one of those things I was like, fuck it, I'll go sit at McDonald's and take portraits of people for a couple hours. Why not?
2: Like, that's so funny. I love Talent House. You gotta show me your photos. I really want to see them.
0: Totally. I, uh, I won a contest with them to shoot Sunset Strip Music Festival, which was a music festival on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And uh, like we came as Romans played, and there were like all these different artists, and I was so excited that I won this photography. I love Talent House, man. What a well, cool, yeah. what a I'm cool so group, you know? What a cool group they are, man. That's and yeah. it's so cool that they bring if listeners. If you don't know what Talent House is, basically, it's a contest website where you can enter these contests, whether it's as a photographer, a videographer, a graphic designer, a writer. They have so many different options and categories that you can enter these different contests in. And it's things like design the new logo for Marvel or like, you know, like whatever, take photos for McDonald's and you could win like a shit ton of money. It's so sick. So I highly recommend everybody go check out Talent House for sure. Michael, what about you?
1: Um. So... Well, to be straight, honest, I think if you go to school to be anything artistic, you're pretty much throwing your money away, and I would love for you to give me your money so I could teach you, and then I'd probably do a better job of teaching you what you need to do. But I actually go to school to, to do more like business, business management, and it's actually paid off tremendously. And not in the same way that people think about school, but on the backhanded way of school. Like, obviously, I learned what how to work a spreadsheet and what ROI stands for and how to, you know, diversify your income, to understanding how money is made in the economy, to understanding how money is facilitated and used in banks and all that kind of stuff. Because I feel like as you know, the, the older generation understands that better than us. And we have a problem getting our money to work for us because we don't understand what it basically is at its, you know, fundamental parts which that's a totally different subject for another day. but
0: I mean, it's, business is a huge part of freelancing, man. I mean, keep talking. This is the stuff I'm interested in because it's stuff that like, I feel people don't learn enough about and they need to know more about this.
1: So ROI is return on investment. So when, like, for example, if you buy like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, your return on investment is 300 calories or 500 calories. That's what you're getting out of the money you give to somebody. And that, that can translate to something as small as a sandwich to something as big as buying a camera. Like for us, we understand that our cameras will make us money over the long term much quicker than any other piece of gear that we have or any clothes that we could buy. So we live somewhat quote-unquote, frugally, but we spend a lot of money on gear because we understand that the return on investment is extremely high. Like, we bought a, the new 24 millimeter from Sony last week. We paid it off within two oh, days.
0: Wow.
1: It's, it, it literally pays itself off. We know what to do, and I understand the return on investment. If you're a listener trying to understand this whole thing, basically – my biggest recommendation for school is not the art school go to a business college and meet mentors with rotary badges if you find someone with a rotary badge you need to go and talk to him and you need to take him out to lunch Bring him out to breakfast, dinner, go wherever he likes to go. Because if he has a rotary badge, he's making more than a million bucks a year, and you need to be his best friend. You need to walk his dog. You need to know his grandma's name. When my teacher from marketing class told me about the Rotary Club, I knew for a fact he understood exactly what it was gonna take to make some money, and I needed to know how to make that money. So basically, We translated, I took him out to lunch, I hung out with him, I made sure that every day I was there an hour before class and an hour after, and we talked about everything from his daughter's wedding to what kind of pizza he likes. And all the things that I learned from him was worth more money than I ever spent a dime in college. But it took me going to college to find that one person to change my life. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I don't know what the Rotary Club is, Google it. They have tons of troops throughout the United States. When you find someone that has that badge, you lock onto them and you say, you're my best friend for life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the financial side is something people often overlook in this industry as I mean, this industry being freelancing. Um, how did you how did you come up with your uh pricing model for for both your wedding company and for the production company? Like, what is that what does that look like? You don't have to talk exact numbers, obviously, but how did you kind of come up with your pricing points and like, what were you basing those off of?
1: Well, the best thing you could do is research in the market where the price is compared to the amount of work. So, um, a good example is like, for example, on Craigslist, you can't charge more than 50 bucks an hour because everybody else is charging 75 and you wouldn't be price competitive. And if you're already charging 75, you could go to wedding wire and pay $1,200 a year and basically make a hundred bucks an hour. You're only, you're, you're really not making any money or losing any money. But like for us, for our wedding company, we actually called five or six of the studios we acted like we were looking for weddings, which me and Nicole will be next year, We're looking for a wedding. Um, but we're not going to do one here. We're going to do it in Puerto Rico because oh. it's really cheaper. Um,
0: do you guys have a photographer for your wedding?
1: <laughs> we don't. Um,
0: Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we
1: haven't picked a date or anything. I haven't proposed yet. We just It's just been in our mind. I got a date for
0: that. That's but, awesome.
1: But it's definitely going to happen next year. Um, But what I would recommend if you're going to try to price is I would look at your work and I would also go to WeddingWire, The Knot, Craigslist, Thumbtack, um, especially for the wedding stuff and find out where you fit in terms of price and quality of work and then also research basically how well are those platforms doing. The only reason why we switched from Thumbtack wedding wire was because we were a wanting to up our price and b we understood that the market was getting saturated on that end and it was very scarce on the other end when it came to doing the commercial jobs we of course called some production companies and we try to get some information on that but really it came down to budget and usually we're able to aim about 20 percent higher than what people budget in order to get their projects done. So if someone contacts us and says, oh, we got 5,000 to make a video, we go, ooh, that's kind of tough. I don't know if we can do that. It's gonna be hard to get in our schedule. I don't know, we might have to call you for a minute. It's, it's gonna be a little difficult. And then you, know, you, let them, you, you let them simmer a little bit, and then you go, well, I talked to my team, my associates, and we really wanted to be at 6,000, but I told them you were great guys. You know, we're going to kind of negotiate on this and I, let's get you at 575. Can we do 575? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, we really didn't have that budget. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. It's going to be hard to get someone to at our quality to be that way. And people bite. If you just do that, then the first couple you'll go, okay, this is kind of where people are sitting on the market. And then, then you just make a baseline price. So like for us, we don't show up to any event less than 2000 when they're doing commercial work, because we know that they have the money to pay and they're worth that kind of clientele. And if they pay less, they're usually going to nickel and dime you every single way you you go. You know,
0: how did you find wedding wire and the knot? Where did where did those come from? Uh, Cause I had never heard of them until you started talking about them just now. I had no idea, and now I'm on Wedding Wire's website. Like, oh shit, maybe I should sign up for this.
1: <laughs> wedding Wedding Wire and the Knot are the two biggest wedding host sites. If you're a bride looking to spend between two and six thousand dollars on one service, Wedding Wire is the place to go, and the Knot and if you're in the market to sell that service that is the place to go because those people are looking for that and the way i know that is because i was getting called from photographers that were charging on wedding wire than not and they were hiring me to show up to their weddings and they were making a cut off of me so it only makes sense that when i talked when i talked to the bride and groom i said hey how did you find me how did you do this they said oh we hired this studio off a of wedding wire. Then they found me on Craigslist and I realized that they paid, my first one they paid $1,900 and I got paid 400 bucks. So I said, I'm on the raw end of this deal, why don't I just pay the, the $1,300 to $1,600 a year and do it myself? And I just saved up a couple of weddings and I just bit the bullet. Now, has it panned out for us? It, you know, uh, we land between 16 and 29, you know, $100 per wedding at maybe 10 or 15 weddings a summer. And that's good for us. And then this year we're about to do 20 or 30. So it's been good, but you have to come up with the work and you also can't give bad reviews
0: yeah the the reviews seem to be the way to go when it comes to when you're providing a service definitely and i mean i noticed that a lot i just recently went to alaska and even everybody down to the guy that drove us from like one place to another was like hey if you could give me a review on TripAdvisor, like that would be sick like everybody's using reviews because we want that authenticity we want to know what the audience thinks and it's the same with like things like this podcast like the more good ratings you get, the higher up in the charts you get and so I think it's super important that that those kind of things exist and I'm very grateful as a freelancer that things like that exist, like a rating system. Do you guys have anything you want to ask me
1: um well we we uh, we've been trying to talk more about getting into concert photography, and on our end it's been very hard to I don't want to say hard to get in because our work is good, but it's hard to get paid as a concert photographer. We found that, you know, everybody wants to do it, and it seems like very few of us actually get to where we want to go. So I wanted to ask you what it's like on the other side of the ship because, you know, mainly me and Nicole, we pay our bills off of weddings, and we have wanted to get into concerts, but it's, it just hasn't been ROI positive to do anything but the weddings.
0: Yeah. So as far as concert photography, it can be very, uh, fickle if you will, because like you said, there's so many people trying to do it and it's the same problem you were talking about earlier. Like there's so many people that are saturating the market that it's harder for anybody to actually get paid like a decent amount. And so the best ways to get in on concert photography, I think would be a, to become a house photographer, which is like you work for the venue. You don't necessarily work for the bands that are coming in. Um, If you're trying to get paid by the bands, it's easier to do something like touring with them. Um, That's probably one of the best ways you can get in when it comes to bands. But if you're trying to get like the bands that come through your city, like if you want to shoot the bands at their shows, it's a little bit harder to get them to pay you because they're already struggling enough as it is. And so the more... I've photographed concerts the more I've noticed how hard it is to continually to get paid work and that's just the complete honest truth you know like it's it's not as simple as just walking into a venue and starting to shoot anymore because people know that somebody's always going to do it cheaper you know it's the same thing that you were talking about earlier but I, I love concert photography and I'm, tr- I'm trying to get into like the hip hop and the EDM world because they pay more because the budgets are bigger because the show packages are bigger and their payouts are bigger. So like you have to know where the money is at, you know, uh, things like, like conferences, like Christian conferences or conventions, those are going to pay definitely more than your typical like club show. Um, and unfortunately that's just the way it is. And so I think that if you're trying to really make it as far as like concert photography goes, I would really try to get in with the EDM world or the hip hop world. At least that's for right now or country country music is huge. They have a ton of money.
1: Oh yeah. They got tons of money. They, they they have old money as they, as they like to say it. They've been around for a, a minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they, they've been making like royalties and shit for years. So they've definitely have the money to pay.
1: Yeah. Well, something I want to talk about is kind of like where someone gets started. Like when you first buy your camera, like where can you, obviously everybody knows to go on YouTube and do some research on stuff. But um, I just feel like if you are really going to start taking pictures, at least on my end, the event and wedding photography business is the best way to go about it. Um, Like when Nicole started doing concerts, Well, we had the wedding business kind of already up and running and she would go shoot for six, seven hours, maybe three hours, four hours, and she'd come home with like a hundred bucks, maybe that, and she would be tired. It'd be one o'clock in the morning. We'd have to go to work again. And I just feel like if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, why isn't all the pieces clicking? I don't think it's really because, you know, it's not. And that's not a problem with you. It's just a problem with where the market is. And quite frankly, all my friends who do concerts now do music videos because they can't get paid to do the actual photo portion, but they can do pay, get paid to do the video portion of concerts.
0: Yeah, I think that's the same with uh, my personal case, you know, music videos have always been able to pay out more because I think the bands see more value in a full music video and not just shooting a night of their show, Uh, especially if you're only going to be at one show, like I can understand why you would be more hesitant or reluctant to pay a photographer, whereas if they were on tour with you, you could pay them a day rate and they could be out with you every day taking photos instead of just that one night. But music videos are almost like weddings, you know, it's a bigger event, it's a bigger thing, a bigger production, a bigger thing is going on. And in order to capture everything you want within your story and with your band, you have to invest more money into that. So I agree. I think music videos are definitely a a better way to go if you're trying to get into the music world.
1: Yeah, I think video in general, like it's becoming a new wave in terms of how people are absorbing content that... You know, pictures are, I don't want to say pictures are dead because obviously me and Nicole, we make a pretty good living taking pictures. But in terms of like where we see the market and what we've seen a lot of our clients come back with is that they mostly want video and 99.9% of the time they're willing to pay more for the video, but they never really get how much more it's, it's kind of hard to explain when they, when they see the video on Instagram, They're always like, Oh, I want it like that. And then you're like, well, that's half a million dollar budget right there. You spent you spent forty thousand on your wedding. Let's just let's just let's just be serious. Those people are actors. Um, but we definitely try to bring as what we ever what we can to them, and try to make sure that they get the best content and quality that they can get. Whether that's you know bringing the right lighting or the right gear or bringing gels or bringing whatever or renting stuff, we try to make sure that all of our clients. Even the commercial clients who, you know, have optimistic feelings about what a video actually takes, um, that we try to make sure that we kind of match what they're thinking to what they're actually going to get. Um, I don't know, is it on your experience? I think you live in Florida, right?
0: I live in California.
1: Oh, you live in California. Well, never mind. I was going to say, I don't know what it's like, the video business in Florida. But um, in California is huge, but you have tons more competition. You're fighting... Thousands of people, we're finding hundreds.
0: Yeah, you know? exactly. But I mean, like, you have to remember we also have more client availability. There's more people that we can actually, just because there's more people in general. So yeah, there's more competition, but there's also more opportunity out here. Um, at least I think so. And so for you guys, is your work more seasonal or do, do, I mean, do people get married year round? I don't really know like the wedding environment. Is it more, mostly like a summertime gig?
1: Yeah, for four months out of the year, we make ninety percent of our revenue. The other eight months of our year, we do the commercial stuff, which is the the um uh, the the conferences, the small portrait shoots, all that stuff. And what we've trying, what we're going to be doing is we're going to start making a lot more connections with those conferences to be like house photographers for. I don't want to say the word venue because they're not. I mean, they're venues in the sense of they host events, host events, but they're not venues in the sense of they're not going to have, you know, Mariah Carey there next weekend. Um, they're just, you know, obviously they host these kind of events, and a lot of times we are we are always running into the people who are organizing it. And every year they come back and they ask us for more. Oh, can you come do these photos? Oh, we saw your photos at this convention. So we're going to try to kind of balance out the year and see if we can make that happen, which if you're in a a space like, for example, um, Michigan or Wisconsin where you have seasons, this might be a great option. You could do the weddings in the summer where you're going to make, you know, tons of money. And then you could try to make tons of money in the winter by doing the conferences when the people who want to enjoy this summer are done enjoying this summer and they need to do business, which is when the conferences happen in the winter.
0: That's brilliant. And I love that, you know, you guys have figured out a way to keep, keep work going all year round with your different businesses and also with your full-time jobs. Like, I commend you guys, that's a lot of it sounds like a lot of work you're doing and a lot of organizing that has to take place. How do you keep up with your schedule? Do you guys use any apps or do you just like put everything like on a paper calendar? Like how do you guys keep up with all this stuff?
1: Well, we use Google Calendar for everything. And then um, in the beginning of the month, we have this um, uh, we have this refrigerator calendar that we start to fill in when I start to remember that I had things to do and people are like, oh, you're ready for next Thursday? I'm like, yes, I am ready for next Thursday. And I just like write it in. And then Nicole's like, we were gonna have dinner with my dad on Thursday. And I said, bring him with. And she's like, no, just go shoot. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's really funny that, We use the calendar for like our main stuff, like Google Calendar, we make notes. Um, When we talk with the guy who does our video editing or helps us with it, his name is James, really cool dude. He is the example of spending 75,000 to go to video school and then working under two people who didn't. So that's a good story. Um, But he, uh, between me, him, And our intern who does like uh, some of the photo stuff with us, um, we use, how you say, Basecamp, and we just kind of make everything into a project, and then we'll just make notes on it, like, oh, how many photos have you done? Well, there's 900 photos in this package. I've gotten 450 done. So then I know, okay, well, if it's due on Friday of next week, I have to somehow get to a computer and spend 45 minutes editing the photos. And then the same thing goes with the video. That's how we kind of keep track is with Basecamp. And it's free. It's from Google. They own that company. And it's easy to kind of keep on to projects. The other way we kind of kind of how you say keep up with everything is we use another app. I'm trying to remember the name of the app right now. Um, we use Final Cut to talk with each other. And there's this app in Final Cut, the new one that man, where am I? I'm just like looking for it, I'm sorry. That lets you talk with with other creators and they kind of see your screen in real time. It's really nice. Um, so when James, an hour and a half away from me, needs to edit some part of a speech, or if he needs to how you say, like do something that I can't do, he'll go, Okay, I see all the raw footage on google drive i'll download the parts i need i'll add it and do whatever we have to do to make the the deadline happen
0: so it basically the final cut thing is similar to adobe premiere has like team projects so you can like work on other projects with people simultaneously
1: yes yes that's basically what i was looking for yeah exactly
0: uh how how do you guys overcome challenges you face like what take me through a day like a, a wedding day take me through your schedule what does it look like and how do you overcome the challenges that you guys face in a typical day
1: um well the two biggest ones is we have we have an issue with forgetting to um uh, uh how you say wipe our cards so we'll go like two weekends straight and then be like oh my god what happened um, and I posted a big forum about this, which is support for your cameras is super key compared to the amount of money you spend in glass. Like if I were to do it over again, I would I would buy all support first and then buy all the fancy dancy little trinkets that you need Um big memory cards to always having extra batteries we've seen tons of photographers either forget memory cards which we keep one in all of our cars or like only have two batteries and then forget to charge one that doesn't make any sense to me but you know i'm not here shooting weddings every weekend right um but they we've seen that happen and really the biggest thing that we can say to overcome them is when you have an issue Go on Amazon as soon as you have the issue and fix the problem. You have the money. You know what the issue is. If you don't fix the issue when you get home, you're never going to do it. So like a big example was two weekends ago, we uh, Nicole took two our 32-gig memory cards, slapped them in her camera, shot 800, 900 shots, filled them up, and she was now going in the middle of reception trying to delete ones that are bad and seeing moments. So I said, babe, buy a 256 gig memory card and marry it to your camera. We make too much money for this, do it. So that same night, we bought one from on Amazon. We overnighted it to us. The next day we plopped it in the camera, made it work. And I think not just knowing the problems, but just having the, just having the foresight that you're not, uh, you're not a machine you're human you're going to have this problem again just fix the problem when you see it it's one thing when you have a problem like a flat tire and you don't have roadside assistance and you're like okay how do i change this tire but if you have a flat tire next weekend and you didn't get a triple a package now you're the one looking stupid because you knew that you were going to have this problem sometime in your life um other ones that we've had, which are like obviously when cameras break or flashes break, we use Hartford um, Knockout Wood. They've been a really great insurance company to work with. So as soon as we buy any gear, it no matter if we bought it today or if it happens in an hour, we do not bring it out of our house until it's insured. So if even if we had a wedding that same day and we bought a brand new camera lens, like a like for example, this twenty-four. I would tell Nicole, do not take it out of the box until we call our insurance company, because it's not worth losing 12 or 1300 bucks for some mistake that would have cost us $40 to insure it for. And we've seen a lot of photographers now, especially in our area, get stuff stolen. And I can only imagine if I had the price of a a Hyundai Sonata in one bag gets stolen. And what am I going to do tomorrow? Am I going to tell a tell a bride? Or am I going to go to the conference and say, hey, guys, I'm going to show up with my flip phone. We're going to get this done. Then they're going to look at me like I'm a terrible person. That why didn't I get insurance? Why didn't I do that? And Hartford's even good with comprehensive stuff. So if, for example, you are having that kind of situation, they'll give us four or $5,000 to buy another photographer for the day until we could get our new equipment. Um, Some places we can rent from, but if you're renting on a Saturday or if you know you're shit out of luck on a Saturday night and Sunday you have your wedding at 8 a.m., the only rental house we know doesn't open till 10. So we're screwed. Like, what am I gonna say? Oh, I'm gonna be three hours late because I have to now go to this rental house and then spend an hour getting to you they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna kill us so it's insurance is super important and fixing problems as soon as you see them is super important um a big one for us is our hearing we buy these like cheap hearing how you say earplugs just so we don't damage our hearing and we could kind of you know keep everything all together a lot of my friends don't do that but I've had friends that are either in concerts or do tons of weddings like I do, who have now two, three years down the line, have hurt their hearing, and it's very hard for them to do things. So if you understand you're going to be damaging your body, do the best thing you can to, to, whatever you, to whatever extent you have to make sure that you mitigate those issues well in advance. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, but at least whenever you uh, finish this commercial for this hearing aid company, they'll have somewhere to get their hearing aids from.
1: I'm not gonna <laughs> you know, pay two thousand dollars for ninety cents hearing I mean. <laughs> aid. Well, you know what I'm saying? That's that's dumb. Um, but <laughs> at least you're right. Maybe they'll give you
0: a free pair. Yeah, that's- maybe maybe they'll give you a free pair for making the commercial.
1: They're going to try to get it they're just trying to get the video for free like we'll give you a free pair if we could get the video for free. No, 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 no. No, no, no,
0: no. I can't pay my my rent with a with a hearing aid, bro.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's what
0: I say. So, okay, where what's some final advice for the listeners and where can they find you? Plug your social media, plug all your websites, all that stuff.
1: Um, well, so in terms of my final like exits for for the listeners, the first thing is I would just say, just to be straight, and I tell this to everybody who goes with me about photography advice, is to not be romantic and to look at it business first, picture second. So look at where the market is, what you could sell, what services are paying the most. And instead of trying to go for the thing you love, which I definitely respect if you got daddy's money and you could spend uh, whatever amount of money you can on a camera and have fun. But, you know, I live in the real world. I got to, I got to eat my, you know, my wife next year is going to have to eat too. So I can't always do the thing I love to do, but I will make it happen in between the things I have to do. So that would be my biggest thing is if, if you just take a step back. And just say hey i can't be romantic about it let's do this if you're gonna go to college take a business class take a marketing class and then take a finance class really take a macroeconomics class that'll help you way better than a no i sorry a microeconomics class not a macro it's it'll be too big for you but but microeconomics is basically day-to-day trading between people individuals and business and it can kind of get you an idea of where people are spending their money and how they see the logistics of their money in terms of business wise so they can kind of pitch to people easier and say oh well this makes sense this is how much they're spending blah 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 um and then to plug my social media it's com, and you can whore i'm gonna whore out nicole too um it's uh what is it uh Uh, Vivid Dreams Productions on uh, Instagram. You could also find us on michaelsmoments.com or michaelmoments one on Instagram. Um, And then obviously her website is the same thing as her Instagram. So you should be able to find us pretty regularly. And if you have any questions, people could come and talk to us. If you're in Chicago, let's link up. I'm very, very open to telling people how to work this out. I feel like knowledge is free. And there's nothing you can do that I couldn't do. So bring it on. I'll teach you whatever you need to learn.
0: So that was Michael and Nicole for Michael's Moments and Vivid Dreams production. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast and talking to my listeners about how you got into the wedding photography business, how you guys build your revenue, how we talk about ROI. We talked about all kinds of great things in this episode that I think is going to be really, really helpful for my listeners If you guys are new to the podcast, please subscribe. Come back every single Monday morning just in time for your commute, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we'll have guests for you. We'll have guests. We'll have episodes where it's just me talking to you about my thoughts and feelings and things that I'm working on and things that I think could help motivate you and your journey to become the best freelancer that you could possibly be. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. If you did enjoy this episode... Do me a favor. Take a take a couple minutes. Go down, scroll down on whatever app you are listening on. Give this podcast a rating. Leave me a leave me a little bit of a message. Leave other people a message. Help us get to the top of the charts on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to this podcast. And also let me know what you're working on this week by tweeting to me at Project Freelance. I want to know what you guys are working on. Send screenshots. Send photos. Send videos. Send the things. Send me audio bytes of your music you're working on. I want to know. Thank you guys for tuning in this week for another episode of Project Freelance. If you need help with things like getting editing software like Adobe Premiere, After Effects, Lightroom, the Adobe Suite... I have some discounts down below for you guys. Other than that, there are some other things down there that will help you with things like adulting. If you want to uh, track your mileage, your expenses, there are things like Mint down in the description for you to check out. Other than that, have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go create something and I'll talk to you guys next time.